Yo, 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 what's poppin' everybody and welcome back to the Wrestling Takeover for January 25th, 2021, Monday Night Raw. Huh. This was the go-home show. Apparently, this was the go-home show for the Royal Rumble 2021. All I gotta say is, Monday Night Raw needs an absolute makeover. I'm gonna talk about everything that took place on tonight's show. And I'm going to do that coming up next right here on the most creative podcast in the IWC in the wrestling community. This is the wrestling takeover. I'll catch y'all later. Hey, Edgar, you know what to do, dog. Hit that intro, man. Let's go. Welcome to you're listening to the wrestling takeover. What is your name with your host Jordan Turner? Who's always going to keep it real. Come on King inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him King. It's time to take over King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now King. Take over. Let's go. Yo, 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 yo. What's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Tonight, we got Monday Night Raw, and I have two things that I want to kick off officially before I get into the Monday Night Raw review. Number one, fuck Bill Goldberg. Fuck him. Number two, fuck Monday Night Raw. You guys, listen. If you are out there and you like Monday Night Raw, God bless you. That's your prerogative. That's your opinion. And I'm cool with it. But I keep it real on the podcast. I don't sugarcoat nothing. I'm a leader. I'm not a follower. We always keep it real on the wrestling takeover. And I'm going to let y'all know right now. Monday Night Raw is the worst professional wrestling show on a weekly basis. That's just my opinion. Now, we start off Monday Night Raw right away. Well, guess what? Not a match, but a promo. WWE, you really need to fix your fucking format. It always kicks off with a promo. Always. And it's fucking annoying. They don't care. So why should I care? I'm showing all this emotion because I care personally. I'm a fan. I want to see the product grow from a creative standpoint. Specifically what happened today I want to say congratulations to the WWE as they are officially ending the WWE Network and officially putting the network on Peacock. Great business move by Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, from a business perspective, is king. But is he the king of creative? No, he's not. We all know that. But either way, Monday Night Raw kicked off with a promo. The return of the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre, he came out. I'm so happy to see Drew McIntyre back. I'm a big fan of McIntyre, so it was really great to see him. He looks great. He feels great, and it was some great stuff, man. So he kicked off Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre comes out to the ring and says he feels great to be back as he is so thankful for all the well wishes he has received from fans. He also said he was so lucky with his symptoms being not so bad, but he is back at 100%. He continued on. He decided... His match this Sunday to everybody dealing with COVID. He then ran down of the career highlights of Bill Goldberg and said he will still be the WWE champion after the Royal Rumble. And then all of a sudden expected. This has been happening on a consistent basis. I don't know why they continue to tease The Miz, 
but it's fucking annoying and it needs to stop. Either way, the Miz and John Morrison came out, and Miz and Morrison were very annoying, but especially said that they want to win the Royal Rumble. Miz did. And not only does he want to win the Rumble, but if he doesn't, he wants to definitely cash in on Bill Goldberg or Drew McIntyre as they will be sitting in a like a fucking duck position. I don't know what that means, but it was lame. Uh, this will allow the Miz to cash in and become the WWE champion. Goldberg then came out, but he really didn't for a couple seconds. He came out within 30 seconds. So what happened was, I think it was a botch or something. I don't know. Maybe Goldberg really wasn't in position because his Titantron came on and his entrance came on and the pyro came on, but he wasn't coming out. And I was thinking to myself, where the fuck is Bill Goldberg? A couple minutes later, he comes out. So I don't know what happened there. Either way, I don't care. Bill Goldberg then came out and said to Drew McIntyre, you, me, Sunday, you're next. Miz and Morrison then tried to goat them into fighting each other, but instead... They grabbed Miz and Morrison, threw them in the ring, and not only did Bill Goldberg hit his spear, but Drew McIntyre hit his claymore, and then that was pretty much the segment. Listen, Drew McIntyre's promo was phenomenal. It was great. I enjoyed it. But uh, let's keep it a buck. It wasn't anything special, man. It really wasn't. Um, Listen, Goldberg, Drew McIntyre, it is what it is. It's happening. Let's just all hope and pray as a wrestling community that Bill Goldberg does not win the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Let's see what happens. After that, we've seen backstage Charlotte Flair, as she says to Charlie Caruso, she says she can perform under pressure, and tonight she takes on Shayna Baszler's invisible crown. She says she will defeat the odds on Sunday by defeat by defending her women's tag team championships and then win the Royal Rumble. She also dismissed what is happening with her and Lacey Evans' father, or not Lacey Evans' father, excuse me. Well, in storyline, it looks like that is Lacey Evans' father, Ric Flair, but we all know that is Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter, so it is what it is. But it kind of looks like Lacey Evans has, you know, a relationship with Ric Flair, and I kind of don't like it because it's really creepy. It's really creepy. So that happened at 8.16, and at 8.20, we've seen a match between Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler as it went to a DQ as Charlotte Flair defeated Shayna Baszler via DQ. Charlotte Flair clotheslined Shayna Baszler in the ropes, hit a big boot, and Nia Jax hit a leg drop from the DQ in about a minute. Nothing. I mean, what the fuck? I'm going to talk about the women's division in a second because this is this was stupid. This was stupid. I hate when matches... End in a DQ, but then you put another match on the air where it's like a tag team match. I WWE really needs to change their formula, man, because I as a fan and you as a fan, we cannot be predicting what exactly the WWE is going to do. And then when we predict it correctly and we see it on TV, we cannot be saying, oh, yeah, we were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this other shit. Woo, woo, woo. Nah, man, it makes WWE look so predictable. That's got to stop. Either way, it is what it is. Uh, the babyface team all beat on Shayna Baszler, and then Charlotte Flair pulled Shayna Baszler outside. They all kind of had a stare down, and then the referee just counted Shayna Baszler out. This had to be a botch because this whole thing was a mess, and it looked like Shayna Baszler was legitimately counted out. Yeah, legitimately 
Yeah, she was counted out for sure. And I don't like the way Shannon Bears was booked. And this thing, this partnership with her and Nia Jax really needs to be over. I'm kind of over it. It is what it is. But what happened next was so annoying. It was so annoying. Adam Pierce came out and told Charlotte Flair and her partners, do you want to wrestle still? They said, yeah. So we had a six-woman tag team match. Fucking lame. WWE, really, really not creative at all. But what is the case? This is WWE. They don't fucking care. We've seen Charlotte Flair, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose face off against Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Lacey Evans. At the end of the day, Charlotte Flair, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose defeated Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax and Lacey Evans. Mandy Rose and Nia Jax kind of both went at it a little bit here, kind of arguing. It is what it is. They got a split. I'm going to keep it a buck. They got a split. Shayna Baszler needs to go and text Papa H. You got to text Papa H. You got to have a meeting with Papa H. You got to let him know. I want to come back down to NXT, and I need to be booked exactly how you booked me in NXT for the foreseeable future. That's what Shayna Baszler needs to do. Shayna Baszler cannot continue to be booked like this. She's being booked like a fucking loser. I don't know what it is, man. She doesn't feel special. You know that. We all know that. And something desperately needs to change with Nia Jax. She needs to split with Shayna Baszler. And Nia Jax, man, she looks like she hurt Dana Brooke tonight, man, with that kind of choke slam slam a little bit. That's what it looked like, choke slam, backbreaker, whatever the case it was. It was lame, and Dana Brooke immediately grabbed the back of her neck after uh, she got slammed. So once again, Nia Jax potentially hurting another competitor. But what's new? This is Nia Jax, and we all know she is not a great professional wrestler. So we've seen Charlotte Flair, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose, like I said, beat Shannon Baszler, Nia Jax, and Lacey Evans. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke both grapples around with Lacey Evans until they tagged in Charlotte Flair. At this point, Evans ran away and tagged in Shayna Baszler. We get some of the match we were watching as we were just seeing Charlotte Flair chop and slammed Shayna Baszler. I pause right there because I feel so bad for Shayna Baszler, man. I wonder what this woman is legitimately thinking. It was awful. And it is what it is, man. This match got restarted during the commercial break for no reason other than the heels were said to be sad and they lost. How can you screw this one up for the biggest wrestling show in the world? Nia Jax fought all the baby faces for the heat. Things broke down as many people started hitting big moves. Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans ended up outside of the ring. Evans ran away. Nia Jax hit a clothesline and chokeslam where Dana Brooks' head bounced off the mat and then hit the leg drop for the win. Yeah, I mean, listen, bro, Nia Jax, you can't wrestle. Get out of the fucking ring if you cannot wrestle safely. That's all I'm going to say, man. It is what it is. We've seen another, listen, guys, the tag team division is fucking awful. The women's division is fucking awful. We've seen Xavier Woods, man, again, face off against Slapjack. Oh, my God, man. The same shit. It feels like WWE legitimately has no creativity. Whatever, man. It is what it is. I'm not writing for the WWE. I'm not writing for the WWE. So 
I can say whatever the fuck I want on my show. Now, Xavier Woods defeated Slapjack. Xavier Woods jumped Slapjack as soon as the match started and had control until Slapjack hit a bulldog from the apron into the ring. Woods then started hitting chops and such until Mustafa Ali sent T-Bar to distract him. T-Bar did and Woods just hit a shining wizard for the win. After the match, Woods attacked by Retribution. T-Bag and Mace hit a double choke slam on Mustafa Ali. Or not on Mustafa Ali, but on Xavier Woods as Mustafa Ali was cutting a promo on Woods. He said to Woods, he wants to be the king of the ring, but he looks like a peasant. Now, why did Mustafa Ali bring up king of the ring? Is WWE potentially bringing king of the ring back as an exclusive on Peacock? I'm going to talk about Peacock as the review ends. I'm going to give my opinions on Peacock a little bit more in depth into what I think about it and what's going to happen after the review's over. So stay tuned to that. The tax division is awful, and we really need teams. Or I can't believe I'm going to say this. If Vince McMahon legitimately is not a fan of tag team wrestling, he needs to absolutely get rid of it completely. I can't believe I said that. I'm probably going to get heat for that. And that's fine. That's understandable. But you guys got to understand where I'm coming from. Vince McMahon does not care about tag team wrestling. Because if he cared, there'd be more teams in the division. And there's not. You got to merge the tag team divisions. Vince McMahon's not going to do that. I've been saying that for years. Everybody in the community, we've all been saying that. All of us. Everyone that is listening to the podcast, I know you guys have said that as well. We've all said it. Vince McMahon's not doing it. This is his company, and it is what it is. Hey, Vince, you did great job with the Peacock stuff from a business standpoint. Get the fuck out of creative and give it to somebody else that you can trust, not Bruce Pritchard. Fuck Bruce Pritchard. Give it to Triple H. Give it to his team. Give it to Shane. Give it to somebody that you can know and trust that are going to Make the ratings go up for Raw and SmackDown, for USA and Fox. Something desperately from a creative standpoint needs to change. You got to release the reins and give it to somebody else. I'd say Triple H or maybe Paul Heyman. One of the two. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. Give it to both of them. Because you got to go, man. You're killing it from a business standpoint. You got all this money. Get away from the creative because you're killing the ratings, man. You really are killing the ratings. It is what it is, man. All right, next. We've seen MVP's MVP Lounge with the Hurt Business. MVP and the Hurt Business came out for the Hurt Business. I don't know why they said that. It is what it is. Um, that didn't make any sense. They resumed about this last year together, but said they need to focus on tonight's gauntlet match with Riddle. Cedric Alexander was getting on Shelton Benjamin's nerves again, but they had a group gave... The group gave each other... Gold chains with the letters THB on it with to MVP. Whatever. I mean, it is what it is. WWE, you see something good. The fans are invested again. And it looks like you're about to absolutely split the fucking hurt business, man. Like, come on, dog. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. That's like The Fiend. I'm going to take The Fiend. The Fiend was so popular. The Fiend was in. Everybody loved The Fiend. WWE put their little spin on it. Ruined The Fiend. 
instantly. It looks like we're about to get the same thing with the Hurt Business, and I hope that's not the case because the Hurt Business is easily one of the best things on Monday Night Raw outside of Alexa Bliss, The Fiend, and Randy Orton and everything that they're doing. And I'm going to tell you this right now. The Fiend, Randy Orton, and Alexa Bliss storyline is saving Monday Night Raw from being absolutely unwatchable. If they were not on Monday Night Raw, I would not be watching the show. I'm being honest with you. I'm keeping it real. I wouldn't be watching the show. Either way, it is what it is. At 9-10, we've seen a graphic with Edge as he's going to be on Monday Night Raw. So they pretty much unadvertised that. And they should have advertised that, to be honest with you, to get more, to get fans invested into what we're going to ultimately see with Edge instead of doing unadvertised fucking Edge appearing. Like, come on, man. You know how many people were shocked on social media tonight with Edge being in the graphic and saying, oh, Edge is going to be here tonight. I seen that. I was like, wait, what? Edge is going to be on the show tonight? When? Where? WWE didn't announce it. WWE, you got to start announcing shit to get the fans excited to watch the show. Don't fucking announce it during the show when the show sucks or when the fans actually start leaving the show and changing the channel. WWE, you got to do better than that, man. It's ridiculous. It is what it is, man. The next match we've seen was Sheamus versus John Morrison. As Sheamus defeated John Morrison, Sheamus uses power to muscle John Morrison around while Morrison tried to use his agility. This was pretty evident matched as both men grappled for control in the earlier going. Sheamus finally got comfortable with the big back body drop before laying it in with the clubbing uppercuts. John Morrison then was unable to get out of the jam with his agility, but his flying shoulder tackle, but Morrison hit a drop kick to Sheamus's knee. This was actually a decent match. I'm going to be honest with you. It was actually a decent match. It wasn't anything special, but it was pretty cool for a TV match on Monday Night Raw. I will continue. Sheamus finally got control with a big back body drop before laying it in with clubbing uppercuts. John Morrison was able to get out of the jam with his agility, but Sheamus soon cut him off again. Sheamus went for a flying shoulder tackle, but Morrison hit a back body drop to Sheamus's knee. This is the left knee that Sheamus was selling, and Sheamus is kind of underrated as selling, man. Sheamus is... Pretty good when it comes to selling. I um, continue. So John Morrison followed up with a knee strike and really went to work on Sheamus's knee. He hit a dragging screw and continued to wreck on the knee. Sheamus finally powered out and began his comeback with an axe handles and a swinging slam. Those axe handles are brutal by Sheamus. Sheamus is a tough son of a bitch. I would not want to grapple with Sheamus. I'm just saying. That's just me. I'm not grappling with Sheamus. Sheamus... Would probably kick my ass for sure. Uh, so we've seen Sheamus lock up in a Texas Cloverleaf, but Morrison got to the ropes before eating and the white noise. Before eating the white noise. This was a very solid little match. Yeah, man, it was it was great. It is what it is. Um, nothing really too pretty about it. Uh, John Morrison, you got to get away from the Miz, dog. You got to get away from the Miz. John Morrison, listen to me. You probably think I'm a nobody, and that's fact. But I'm here to tell you, you got to get away from The Miz. The Miz is dragging you down. And I know this is punishment by WWE standards. So combination of its punishment and Miz is just dragging you down, dog. You got to be booked better than this. This is annoying. 
But Sheamus won. It is what it is. Nothing too pretty about it. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. So, we seen... Oh, my God. This was weird. This was weird. So, we seen Ric Flair, right, in the segment with Lacey Evans. You guys seen it tonight if you guys watched. That segment where Ric Flair was just holding Lacey Evans. Dog, that was weird. That was weird. I didn't like that at all. Um, I was not a fan of that. This whole storyline is just weird and very uncomfortable. It really is uncomfortable. I, I know they're trying to be edgy. I get it. I feel them. That's been one of my complaints in terms of talking about the WWE product, that they're not edgy enough. But I want some realism in WWE. This isn't realism. This is just some fucking weird shit. You know what I mean? I'm not witted at all, man. So I was not a fan of this segment. I'm not a fan of the storyline, period. And I will give WWE credit. At least they're trying with the women in terms of storylines. But you got to pick better storylines than this, man. With Ric Flair, Lacey Evans, and Charlotte Flair. It's weird, man. It really is. Uh, we've seen AJ Styles versus R-Truth. AJ Styles defeated R-Truth. AJ Styles jumps R-Truth at the bell and beats him down, hitting a backbreaker before beating that, uh, being thrown to the outside by Truth. So Truth kind of got in some offense. Truth came face-to-face with Almas, who was AJ Styles' bodyguard. As AJ Styles went for the phenomenal form, he missed and R-Truth hit the side slam and the five-knuckle shovel, pretty much paying homage to John Cena. I liked that. It was pretty cool. Truth hit an attitude adjustment, but Styles reversed it into a calf crusher for the submission win. I mean, why was this on my TV? This is the problem. This is the problem with a three-hour show, guys. Too much filler on the show. You got to put the most important things on the show. This is why I say the show needs to go to two hours. Because within those two hours, you will get the most important things in terms of storylines on Monday Night Raw for being two hours. It cannot be three hours anymore. It's got to stop. But we all know why it's three hours. Whatever, man. WWE, the fucking money, dog, really. Money will change you, for real. Money will change you. That's the realest I can possibly say, man. That's fact. It's ridiculous, man. It is what it is, man. They feel like they care about more than money, than creative, than the shows, than improving the shows. It's sad. It really is. One of the best things on Monday Night Raw, give me a break. You guys shouldn't be shocked about this. I don't give a fuck if you're not a fan of the storyline, but you got to admit, Alexa Bliss Lexi, shout out to Lexi, man. Shout out to her. She is absolutely carrying Monday Night Raw and absolutely carrying the storyline with The Fiend and Randy Orton. Just incredible stuff, man. Just awesome stuff with Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is crazy and talks crazy and pretty much talking to herself. It's incredible. It's phenomenal. They recently recapped Randy Orton's promo from last week where he wore a lucha mask. So we've seen a video package of Randy Orton with the Lucha mask. We then had Lexa Bliss being nuts in her playground with the swing set. She recapped her interactions with Asuka while talking to an invisible person. Yeah, Alexa Bliss being crazy and just being cuckoo. I love it. I love that she's psycho. I love that she's talking to herself. I'm not going to lie. I kind of talk to myself too. Okay, either way, it is what it is. Um, So... Like I said, she was talking to herself, talking to an invisible person. She wants 
a shiny new toy and doesn't feel like playing nice. She swing, she sings, excuse me, she sings right around the rosy. Oh my God. Yeah, so she sings ring around the rosy. The segment ends with the fiend saying, let me in. And she says, I quote, I can't wait to see him again. Yeah, you guys, this is ridiculous. Alexa Bliss, the storyline and just in general is absolutely carrying Monday Night Raw. If you don't think so, um, you're kidding yourself and you need help because it was really, really good. Now, we've seen up next the gauntlet match. The first gauntlet match between Riddle and Shelton Benjamin as Riddle defeated Shelton Benjamin. Riddle tried to hit a right knee outside of the gate, but Benjamin was able to avoid most of Riddle's offense. Riddle went for another knee, but Benjamin set him on the top rope and sent him into the outside. I'm always, This is obviously me taking my notes. I'm taking notes, as I always do, even though I don't like taking notes for Raw, but I have to take notes, and these are the notes that I wrote down. Back in the ring, Benjamin worked on Riddle with the holds and then strikes. Benjamin hit with the big knee strike to the golem of Matt Riddle. Excuse me. Kind of off. I had to read my note for a second. Like, what did I write there? Okay, either way, Riddle locked in a coquina clutch outside of nowhere, but Benjamin powered him up for a suplex, which was a nice vertical suplex by Shelton Benjamin. So Benjamin lifted up Riddle with a suplex. Riddle needed him in mid suplex, and MVP and Cedric Benjamin got on the apron. Of course they did. Of course they did. So we've seen then Riddle won, so Riddle defeated Shelton Benjamin. And then in the second Gotland match, Riddle defeated MVP. So immediately after, MVP was trying to calm down Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin when the bell rang. Riddle rolled up and locked into locked in a heel hook, excuse me, heel hook submission for the win. Cedric is all that's left. So pretty much, this is stupid. This made the heart business look absolutely stupid. So we've seen Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander arguing as usual. This was like the fucking third week in a row they were arguing. Matt Riddle playing smart, took advantage and rolled up MVP for the win. I mean, come on, bro. Like, I get they got a book. Matt Riddle strong. I feel him. You know what I mean? Matt Riddle needs to be a significant part on Monday Night Raw, but they are slowly killing the Hurt Business momentum. They're killing their momentum, man. It's ridiculous. They really are killing their fucking momentum. So the third gauntlet match we've seen, Riddle defeated Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander worked over Riddle with holds and knees. Cedric really had control for basically the entire match. Riddle was able to hit a depression German suplex, but off of the cuff again. MVP Yotis out at uh, Cedric Alexander from the floor to cradle his head. Riddle got beat down hard as uh, Cedric Alexander lost his temper, but when Cedric went to the top rope, he missed a move, and Riddle locked in a triangle choke. Cedric was able to power out his way, but Riddle quickly rolled him over for the pin. Uh, I don't give a fuck. I, I don't. I don't care. This whole thing with the Hurt Business, their momentum is down. This feud with Matt Riddle's boring. is not doing anything. I get that they want to do something with all guys involved, but it is what it is. It's nothing really special. You don't care. I don't care. I mean, if you care, God bless you, but I don't care. I don't care about the United States Championship. Yes, it looks pretty. It looks nice, the design of it, but 
the way they're using the United States Championship is not okay for, with me. Um, every championship needs to be built up as important, and they are not doing that with majority of their championships in the WWE, and that needs to change. You need to bring importance and significance and prestige with every championship that you have in that company. Right now, the WWE is doing a terrible job at doing that exactly. Do the Hurt Business justice because you're killing their momentum. And you're also killing the momentum of Matt Riddle. So you got to get a focus, man, on these characters and building them up to be as important and not as a joke. Because us as a fan base, if they're booked as a joke, we're going to treat them as a joke. If they're booked to be serious, we're going to treat them like they're a serious deal. It's a two-edged sword, man. You want your thing, you got to fix it. We want our thing. We got to want you to see it get fixed. It is what it is. Now, we've seen Edge as he announced that he is in the Royal Rumble. This was in the third hour. Show was almost over around this time. Edge says, 2020 taught us that tomorrow is not promised. Facts. I always tell people, man, not only is tomorrow not promised, but you got to cherish every single minute, every single second, every single hour. Like it's your last because you never know when your time's up. That's some real facts, man. Keep that momentum, man. Keep that up, man. You know what I mean? Grind whatever you're doing. You never know when it's your last. So put a lot of passion into everything you're doing. Wake up and try to figure out how you're going to accomplish on that day. What are you going to do on this day that you didn't do yesterday or the day before? It is what it is, man. Just keep putting faith in it and, uh, just be better people. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm going to continue with the promo. So Edge said that he taught us that nothing is promised. Nothing is guaranteed. Sometimes you have to pick yourself up and keep moving. Pretty much keep moving forward. He continued. He says 10 years ago, he went to bed as world heavyweight champion. But a week later, he had to forget the title. The only career he has ever wanted in his dream. He remembers telling his mom that he was going to be a wrestler, and she said, go do it. And those were the words that kept him going when he needed to get his dream back. Okay. So pretty much this was all the promo about was simply getting revenge on Randy Orton, um, motivating people, and declaring himself for the Royal Rumble and saying that he's going to win the Royal Rumble. So... But he's got to focus on Orton, man. He wants to face Orton. And um, I- I'm going to talk about the Royal Rumble uh, tomorrow. I'm going to talk about everything Royal Rumble tomorrow. So I'm not going to give my thoughts right now. I'll just do it tomorrow. But overall, it was a good promo by Edge. He's in the Royal Rumble match. And uh, he said he's going to try everything his power to win. Will he? I don't know. We'll see. He's one of the betting favorites right now. So we'll see what happens with Edge. Um, Randy Orton, he wants Orton. He wants to win the Royal Rumble. Will he accomplish both? Will he get Randy Orton and also win the Royal Rumble? Only time will tell. Great promo by Edge. Um, Edge is definitely one of the most underrated people from terms of promos. I personally loved his promos back in 2006 and his uh, 2007 run with the Rated R Superstar. That's one of my best in terms of promos in terms of Edge. So this Generation Edge via promo is great. But I kind of like the old school edge personally. That's just me. Let me know what you guys think about that. So we've seen the main event. This was the ending of Monday Night Raw. This was for the Raw Women's Championship. 
the Raw Women's Champion Asuka as she went toe-to-toe with Alexa Bliss. The match ended in a no contest. Yeah, y'all thought I was going to do the wah, wah, wah. Yeah, no, I didn't. I'm going to explain that in a second. So, highlights of the match. Asuka beat up Alexa Bliss early, but Bliss just smiled and laughed while she was in the ring. Oh, my God. Alexa Bliss is just great. Her mannerisms, man, when I was watching it, it was fantastic. Wow. just I'm just breathtaking by her every time I watch her and her mannerisms and the way she carries herself. In the way she's just invested into this character. Just great stuff. So Bliss sent Asuka outside of the ring. When Asuka turned around, Bliss was on a rocking horse in the ring. Yeah. She was literally on a rocking horse just rocking back and forth. Rocking back and forth. Asuka looked absolutely just weirded out. Like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? Type of look. So it was great. I loved it. Uh, when they returned from commercial, the horse was gone. And they... We're just wrestling, Asuka and Alexa Bliss. No explanation as usual with it. They just have the rocking chair, commercial break. We come back, there's no rocking chair. It is what it is. Bliss got the heat very briefly, but Asuka hit with the sliding knee with a sliding kick for a near fall. Asuka went for a move and Bliss had transferred into her regular self and was crying. She walked over to a corner and turned back into a demon. Didn't I tell you that Alexa Bliss is great mannerisms? Did I tell you that Alexa Bliss tells great stories? I didn't say the story part, so I'm going to say it right now. Alexa Bliss tells great stories in her matches now. I'm not talking about the old Bliss. I'm talking about the new Bliss. She tells great stories. She really, really does, man. The crying, and it just plays a real factor into storytelling, and I keep telling you guys. Storytelling is so key in pro wrestling now. It's not even funny. I'm so invested in the storytelling that, yeah, we're going to get a great match, but if there's no story being told in the matches, I can't personally get invested as a fan. So Alexa Bliss, for me, is doing a great job from a storytelling perspective. She doesn't need to put on a five-star classic. She has a character that is taking ownership pretty much over her wrestling ability. So that's just me. But uh, it was some great stuff. Alexa Bliss is fantastic in her role. And it's some good stuff from Alexa Bliss. As she was crying in the corner, she turned into the demon. She did the Wyatt pose. And Asuka was all scared. Pretty much selling that like, oh shit. Oh my god, what's going on? Come on, man. Where's Kana? Bring Kana. Where's the clown? Asuka. That's what I need to fucking see. That's exactly what I need to see, man. I hope we get that at Royal Rumble. So... She did the Bray Wyatt pose, and Asuka was all scared. Bliss then no-sold all of Asuka's offense, but before she could try to win, Randy Orton hit her with an RKO as the show went off the air. Okay, so the notes are done. So Raw ended with... <laughs> this RKO was brutal. This RKO was brutal, and the selling of Alexa Bliss, man, it's just effortless. It's fantastic. She sold it like her neck got snapped. And Randy Orton absolutely RKO'd the shit out of Alexa Bliss. Wonderful stuff. Randy Orton obviously was not wearing a mask. He took off his luchador mask. And uh, Orton is back to being Orton. We still have the, you know, the, the covering with the little fucking sunburns and shit. The makeup of Orton. Great stuff. Orton's still selling it. Wonderful stuff, man. Wonderful storytelling. Storytelling at his finest, people. 
And uh, we've seen him, RKO Alexa Bliss, and that's how Raw went off the air. Overall, Monday Night Raw was a... Let me do that one more time. Monday Night Raw was a... If you like this show, God bless you. Listen, Monday Night Raw is not good. There's one segment out of 16 that does not mean Monday Night Raw is good, people. I want y'all to know that. I want y'all to know that. Y'all can have an opinion. I can have an opinion as well, too. I respect your opinion. I hope you respect mine. I know I might be being real, just too real for people. That's what we do. We keep it real on the podcast, 100%. But the show was not good. This is the worst wrestling show weekly, period. That's my opinion, man. No hype for the Royal Rumble on Monday Night Raw. They did a poor job in that. When these pay-per-views come around, man, for any pay-per-view for the WWE, there's no hype. Now, I want to talk about Peacock before we get up out of here. This is fucking fantastic for the WWE, bro. I'm going to keep it a stat. It's fantastic for the WWE and for a consumer's perspective. And it's just wonderful. Vince McMahon, round of applause, man. You got your money. That's great. But we got a problem. We got a problem. You can get all the money you want. My problem is creative, boss. All right? My problem's creative with you. Why won't you do this? Get off creative. Specifically do business. And we'll be great. We'll be straight. Give it to Triple H. Give it to Paul Heyman. Give it to somebody that you will trust. Not Bruce Pritchard. Fuck Bruce Pritchard. Fuck him. Okay? Especially all the stories that I hear every week about Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard does not care about this business. He does not care about elevating Monday Night Raw. Fuck Bruce Pritchard. Okay? Now, businessman, business aspect-wise, you're fucking king. You're a beast. Creative perspective, you're awful. You're awful. Give the reins to somebody else. But the Peacock situation, listen. I'm going to simply say this. This is a big deal for the WWE. The WWE Network, listen, I don't want to say it was a total failure, but at the same time, it was a failure. The WWE did not pretty much progress. They decreased, and then they kind of progressed a little bit and stayed at one range the entire time. They didn't do nothing. They didn't put emotional effort into making the WWE Network successful. They really didn't. They I mean, they did, but then they didn't, okay? And what I mean why they didn't is because these weekly shows for, like, NXT, NXT UK, Raw, SmackDown, the replays, that's fine. That's on there. The documentaries, WWE is absolutely king. But there was a time on the network, man, where the WWE didn't update anything on that. The programming, nothing was updated for, like, months until, like, the documentary started coming out. We all know documentary rise. WWE's king on that. But they just weren't updating anybody on anything. And they were kind of half-assing it a little bit. And yeah, it worked successfully because they're on another streaming platform. But for the time being, it really wasn't that great. 
They didn't have a lot of more subscribers than they usually had. They were kind of leveled out. It is what it is, man. That's just my opinion on the Peacock stuff. From a financial and business perspective, it's outstanding from a fan's perspective as well, too. But from a creative perspective, what is it going to do for Monday Night Raw? What is it going to do for SmackDown? You guys got to understand something. The money is a powerful thing. It's a powerful son of a bitch. And Vince McMahon got a lot of money now. More than he ever has had. Ever. Okay? With the fucking money coming from so many different ways. No pun intended. Shout out to Jake Paul. You feel me? Money coming in different ways. Um, legitimately. Merchandise. NBC Universal. Now, Peacock. You had the USA Network. You have Fox. So, like I said, money's coming in different ways for the WWE for specifically Vince McMahon. And um, he's happy. But creatively, there's an issue. The shows are not good. SmackDown's good. It's not great, but it's good. It's better than Monday Night Raw. Raw needs an entire makeover. You know it, and I know it. It is what it is. They got to do something now. They got to do something, and they got to do something very quickly to make the ratings go up in 2021 for Monday Night Raw. Before I go... I really want to shout out Mike Will 87. I want to shout you out, my guy. I appreciate everything you're doing into helping the podcast get out there more. I love you. Thank you very much. Um, so this is what's going to happen. We got Anchor, right? We got iTunes. We got Spotify. But the podcast, I want it to grow even more outside of those three platforms. So this is what we're going to do, man. Every podcast, I'm going to be putting down the links for Podbeam, for Google Play. So you guys are going to get more opportunities to listen to the podcast. Podbeam, Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, upcoming this year. So stay tuned to that. I will be putting the podcast on YouTube. Go follow the Wrestling Takeover on all those platforms. I would really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. Thank you for the follow. Thank you for trusting me and not only giving you guys my honest thoughts and opinions on the WWE product, on AEW, New Japan, Impact. We don't sugarcoat nothing on this podcast. We keep it real 110%. All right? This is what we do on the podcast. We also add a dose of creativity. You feel me? You know what I mean? I'm the creative king. You feel me? It is what it is. Follow your boy on Twitter at JordanTCK918. Follow the podcast on Instagram at the Wrestling Takeover slash podcast. Also, speaking of Instagram, follow me on my personal Instagram account at, at JTCreative1- I'd really appreciate all the support. Let's get those uh those subscribers and those follows up on all those platforms. I would really, really appreciate it. Trying to make 2021 a breakout year for the wrestling takeover. I'm giving you guys the content. I'm doing my part. Can you guys please do your part as well, too, and go subscribe and follow on those platforms. I appreciate you. Love you guys so much, man. It's the Creative King, and I'm signing off. I will see you guys tomorrow for the Royal Rumble 2021 preview and predictions. I'm signing off, man. Take care. God bless. I'm out. I got the Glock in my Seventeen shots, no thirty-eight. Yeah, I got the Glock in my robbery. Seventeen shots, no thirty-eight. Yeah, she's fine.
wondering will she be mine? Walk past our prayers real 